Part 3, Propositions 56-59 to 59 of The Ethics by Spinoza. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Gulf French. The Ethics by Benedict de Spinoza. Translated by R. H. M. Elways. Part 3, Propositions 56-59. to 59. Proposition 56. There are as many kinds of pleasure, of pain, of desire, and of every emotion compounded of these, such as vacillations of spirit, or derived from these, such as love, hatred, hope, fear, etc., as there are kinds of objects whereby we are affected. Proof. Pleasure and pain, and consequently the emotions compounded thereof, or derived therefrom, are passions or passive states. Part 3, Proposition 11, Note. Now we are necessarily passive. Part 3, Proposition 1. In so far as we have inadequate ideas, and only in so far as we have such ideas are we passive. Part 3, Proposition 3. That is, we are only necessarily passive. Part 2, Proposition 40, Note. In so far as we conceive, or Part 2, Proposition 17 and note, in so far as we are affected by an emotion, which involves the nature of our own body and the nature of an external body, wherefore the nature of every passive state must necessarily be so explained that the nature of the object whereby we are affected be expressed, namely, the pleasure, which arises from, say, the object A, involves the nature of that object A, and the pleasure which arises from the object B involves the nature of the object B. Wherefore, these two pleasurable emotions are by nature different, inasmuch as the causes whence they arise are by nature different. So again, the emotion of pain, which arises from one object, is by nature different from the pain arising from another object. And similarly in the case of love, hatred, hope, fear, vacillation, etc., Thus, there are necessarily as many kinds of pleasure, pain, love, hatred, etc., as there are kinds of objects whereby we are affected. Now, desire is each man's essence or nature, insofar as it is conceived as determined to a particular action by any given modification of itself. Part 3, Proposition 9, Note. Therefore, According as a man is affected through external causes by this or that kind of pleasure, pain, love, hatred, etc. In other words, according as his nature is disposed in this or that manner, so will his desire be of one kind or another, and the nature of one desire must necessarily differ from the nature of another desire, as widely as the emotions differ, wherefrom each desire arose. Thus, there are as many kinds of desire as there are kinds of pleasure, pain, love, etc. Consequently, by what has been shown, there are as many kinds of desire as there are kinds of objects whereby we are affected. Quod erat demonstrandum. Note. Among the kinds of emotions which, by the last proposition, must be very numerous, the chief are luxury, drunkenness, lust, avarice, and ambition. Being merely species of love or desire, displaying the nature of those emotions in a manner varying according to the object with which they are concerned. 
For by luxury, drunkenness, lust, avarice, ambition, etc., we simply mean the immoderate love of feasting, drinking, venery, riches, and fame. Furthermore, these emotions, insofar as we distinguish them from others merely by the objects wherewith they are concerned, have no contraries. For temperance, sobriety, and chastity, which we are wont to oppose to luxury, drunkenness, and lust, are not emotions or passive states, but indicate a power of the mind which moderates the last named emotions. However, I cannot here explain the remaining kinds of emotions, seeing that they are as numerous as the kinds of objects, nor, if I could, would it be necessary. It is sufficient for our purpose, namely, to determine the strength of the emotions and the mind's power over them, to have a general definition of each emotion. It is sufficient, I repeat, to understand the general properties of the emotion and the mind, to enable us to determine the quality and extent of the mind's power in moderating and checking the emotions. Thus, though there is a great difference between various emotions of love, hatred, or desire, for instance, between love felt towards children and love felt towards a wife, there is no need for us to take cognizance of such differences or to track out further the nature and origin of the emotions. Proposition 57. Any emotion of a given individual differs from the emotion of another individual, only insofar as the essence of the one individual differs from the essence of the other. Proof. This proposition is evident from Axiom 1, which see after Lemma 3, Proposition 13, Part 2. Nevertheless, we will prove it from the nature of the three primary emotions. All emotions are attributable to desire, pleasure, or pain, as their definitions above given show. But desire is each man's nature or essence. Part 3, Proposition 9, Note. Therefore, desire in one individual differs from desire in another individual, only insofar as the nature or essence of the one differs from the nature or essence of the other. Again, Pleasure and pain are passive states or passions, whereby every man's power or endeavour to persist in his being is increased or diminished, helped or hindered, part 3, proposition 11, and note, but by the endeavour to persist in its being, insofar as it is attributable to mind and body, in conjunction we mean appetite and desire. Therefore, pleasure and pain are identical with desire or appetite, insofar as by external causes they are increased or diminished, helped or hindered. In other words, they are every man's nature, wherefore the pleasure and pain felt by one man differ from the pleasure and pain felt by another man, only insofar as the nature or essence of the one man differs from the essence of the other. Consequently, any emotion of one individual only differs, etc., quod erat demonstrandum. Note, hence it follows that the emotions of the animals, which are called irrational, for after learning the origin of mind, we cannot doubt that brutes feel, only differ from man's emotions to the extent that brute nature differs from human nature. Horse and man are alike carried away by the desire of procreation, but the desire of the former is equine, the desire of the latter is human. So also the lusts and appetites of insects fishes, and birds, must needs vary accordingly to the several natures. Thus, although each individual lives content and rejoices in that nature belonging to him, 
wherein he has his being, yet the life, wherein each is content and rejoices, is nothing else but the idea, or soul, of the said individual. And hence the joy of one only differs in nature from the joy of another, to the extent that the essence of one differs from the essence of another. Lastly, it follows from the foregoing proposition that there is no small difference between the joy which actuates, say, a drunkard, and the joy possessed by a philosopher, as I just mentioned here, by the way. Thus far I have treated of the emotions attributable to man, insofar as he is passive. It remains to add a few words on those attributable to him, insofar as he is active. Proposition 58. Besides pleasure and desire, which are passivities or passions, there are other emotions derived from pleasure and desire, which are attributable to us insofar as we are active. Proof. When the mind conceives itself and its power of activity, it feels pleasure. Part 3. Proposition 53. Now, the mind necessarily contemplates itself when it conceives a true or adequate idea. Part 2. Proposition 43. But the mind does conceive certain adequate ideas. Part 2. Proposition 40. Note 2. Therefore, it feels pleasure insofar as it conceives adequate ideas, that is, insofar as it is active. Part 3, Proposition 1. Again, the mind, both insofar as it has clear and distinct ideas, and insofar as it has confused ideas, endeavours to persist in its own being. Part 3, Proposition 9. But, by such an endeavour, we mean desire, by the note to the same proposition, Therefore, desire is also attributable to us insofar as we understand, or, part 3, proposition 1, insofar as we are active. Quod erat demonstrandum. Proposition 59. Among all the emotions attributable to the mind as active, there are none which cannot be referred to pleasure or desire. Proof. All emotions can be referred to desire, pleasure, or pain, as the definitions already given show now by pain, we mean that mind's power of thinking is diminished or checked. Part 3, Proposition 11, and Note. Therefore, insofar as the mind feels pain, its power of understanding, that is, of activity, is diminished or checked. Part 3, Proposition 1. Therefore, no painful emotions can be attributed to the mind in virtue of its being active, but only emotions of pleasure and desire, which by the last proposition, are attributable to the mind in that condition. Quod erat demonstrandum. Note, all actions following from emotion, which are attributable to the mind in virtue of its understanding, I set down to strength of character, fortitudo, which I divide into courage, animositas, and high-mindedness, generositas. By courage I mean the desire whereby every man strives to preserve his own being in accordance solely with the dictates of reason. By high-mindedness, I mean the desire whereby every man endeavours, solely under the dictates of reason, to aid other men and to unite them to himself in friendship. Those actions, therefore, which have regard solely to the good of the agent I set down to courage, those which aim at the good of others I set down to high-mindedness. Thus temperance, sobriety, and presence of mind in danger, etc., are varieties of courage, courtesy, mercy, etc., are varieties of high-mindedness. 
I think I have thus explained and displayed through their primary causes the principal emotions and vacillations of spirit, which arise from the combination of the three primary emotions, to wit, desire, pleasure, and pain. It is evident from what I have said that we are in many ways driven about by external causes, and that like waves of the sea driven by contrary winds, we toss to and fro, unwitting of the issue and of our fate. But I have said that I have only set forth the chief conflicting emotions, not all that might be given, for by proceeding in the same way as above, we can easily show that love is united to repentance, scorn, shame, etc. I think everyone will agree from what has been said that the emotions may be compounded one with another in so many ways, and so many variations may arise therefrom, as to exceed all possibility of computation. However, for my purpose, it is enough to have enumerated the most important. To reckon up the rest, which I have omitted, would be more curious than profitable. It remains to remark concerning love, that it very often happens that while we are enjoying a thing which we longed for, the body, from the act of enjoyment, acquires a new disposition, whereby it is determined in another way. Other images of things are aroused in it, and the mind begins to conceive and desire something fresh. For example, when we conceive something which generally delights us with its flavour, we desire to enjoy, that is, to eat it. But whilst we are thus enjoying it, the stomach is filled and the body is otherwise disposed. If, therefore, when the body is thus otherwise disposed, the image of the food which is present be stimulated, and consequently the endeavour or desire to eat it be stimulated also, the new disposition of the body will feel repugnance to the desire or attempt, and consequently the presence of food which we formerly longed for will become odious. This revulsion of feeling is called satiety or weariness. For the rest, I have neglected the outward modifications of the body observable in emotions, such, for instance, as trembling, pallor, sobbing, laughter, etc., for these are attributable to the body only, without any reference to the mind. Lastly, the definitions of the emotions require to be supplemented in a few points. I will therefore repeat them interpolating such observations as I think should here and there be added. End of part three, propositions 56 to 59. Recording by Morgan Golf French.